Welcome to Humans Are Us, Human Lives, Human Stories, a podcast about ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are the stories of people that said yes to themselves. Their experiences have helped to make them who they are in this moment. By sharing their personal stories, we hope to inspire others to live their truth. This is a podcast about growth and being one's true, authentic self. Please be advised, this podcast contains adult content and language. Opinions expressed in this show are just that, opinions. And any health-related discussions do not constitute medical advice. Welcome to Humans Are Us. I'm your host, MJ Love. For this week's episode... I share my chat with someone I knew when we were young girls and attending the same elementary school. I didn't know what to expect because we haven't talked since graduating from grade eight. But I have to say, reconnecting was so much fun. Jordana is an eating psychology coach, personal trainer, author, and model. She works with women to redefine their relationship with food and their bodies. From her own journey to discovering a deep love for her body, she helps women live shame-free in a body they love. We talk body image, diet culture, and how Jordana is raising her daughter to be a strong woman. Hey, Jordana. Thanks so much for being here with me today. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing really well. That is great to hear. Can you talk about your own journey to being your healthiest self? Sure. It actually all started when I had my daughter. For me, that's when the light bulb really went off. I started to see these patterns that were playing out, except this time a little person was watching me. I actually had this real light bulb moment when I was getting ready to go to an event. I was about to go back to work after a maternity leave. And I was like throwing stuff out of my closet, you know, nothing fit yet. And everything was, I was so frustrated. It was really emotional. And I saw my daughter just sitting there watching this whole thing unfold. I knew in that moment, I am not going to pass this on to her. I need to do something different. I need to figure myself out. I need to work on myself and I need to stop the pattern. I know a lot of mothers out there probably feel the same. That cycle that women are taught growing up that we should be shameful or be ashamed of our bodies because they don't look this specific one way. It's great to hear that you're doing that. And I know food plays a lot of role into what you're doing because not only are you a fitness coach, but you're also, you do food as well. So can you then talk about, yeah, you wanted to break these cycles and then how that led into you becoming a certified eating psychology coach. That is a mouthful, by the way. (laughs) It is a mouthful. And when I think about being an eating psychology coach, it's really about our relationship with food and our relationship with food is just like any other relationship we have in our lives things show up in our relationship with food and it becomes a symptom of everything else going on in our lives. For those of us that can rely on food as sometimes uh, a greater relationship in our lives, 
So that was definitely present in my life. I relied on food for comfort, for security, for safety. I used it in negative times in my life to build up like this armor of weight to physically be bigger, to be like, you can't hurt me because I have this armor. I would use it in these other scenarios to really actually numb myself out and say, you know what, I don't want to deal with this right now. And so I'm just going to turn over here to this delicious bag of chocolate. And then there were other times that were really supportive and beautiful and celebratory around food. And I didn't want to ruin or taint those experiences like birthdays and graduations and a date night or whatever it is, right? And so I really went down this path of trying to understand my relationship with food. And it led me to several different courses and just this passion for trying to understand why we do what we do through the lens of food. That led me to becoming an eating psychology coach. It's a really big part of the work that I do with my clients because the more we understand ourselves and how we navigate the world, the easier it is for us to evolve into the person we really want to be and show up as our best self. Because if we lack clarity and understanding of who we are and how we operate, then we're really just kind of wandering around blind. And choosing like one lane like food and really understanding ourselves through that path really gives us some incredible insight to understanding ourselves better. Food for a lot of people is such a a trigger. If you're not taught to have a healthy relationship with food as a child, and again, we can come back to a lot of women, be it, you know, they go on diets, this whole diet culture. And I would love to hear what you think about that, by the way. Like you said, with your daughter, we get so much from our moms as women. And it's interesting to me how you were helping women change that relationship with food, because like you said, it's, it's a huge relationship in our life. And I think it's such a powerful statement to see it as a relationship and not just as something that we do. Keeps us alive. We need food in order to sustain life. And yes, we need water and we need love and we need shelter and we need clothes on our back and all of these wonderful things, but we also need food. And we are blessed with taste buds to be able to enjoy our food. Like that is for a purpose and a reason. We are blessed with taste buds to let us know when things taste bad or are poisonous. Like that is also for a reason. And being able to understand and tap into some of the evolutionary and primal reasons for the way that our bodies have been created It has been fascinating for me to understand because even the digestion process, it begins in the mouth. Like when you are actually chewing, you are releasing something called amylase and it's this enzyme just starts the digestion process all the way up in your mouth where your taste buds are. And that's helping you enjoy and feel satiated. And that creates, you know, all of these other things that are happening in our brains being released around like dopamine, serotonin, and that our fullness levers that help us understand when we've had enough our satiation but like you said we are also learning as we grow up and we are learning through influences around us and that can be parents or parental figures in our lives that can be friends or siblings or other peers our age that can be the media and fast food and magazines and you know growing up with the internet you're getting more and more you know when we were growing up there wasn't as much internet but now you're bombarded by these messages 
And it's all the time and everywhere. And you have to make sense of that, especially as a young person, a child even. We don't have the emotional reasoning developed until our, our early 20s in which to actually be able to understand when something's good or bad for us. So we just start to adopt these patterns. And we're either doing them for safety and survival or we're doing them for pleasure. And that is really as simple as that at the end of the day. And then as we grow up, we're we're unhappy or struggling or frustrated with some of these behaviors that we adopted as coping mechanisms. And so that's really where the work begins as grown. That's such a intense thing to unpack, but necessary for so many people. Since you've learned all these things, did you feel like a weight was lifted once you like really started learning about the psychology of eating and, and that really, that knowledge, did it help you? It helps to an extent. I think we can know all the things and still need to do the work and go on the journey and make the mistakes, learn and unlearn and relearn different things over and over again until something clicks. That took years, even though I had the education. And now I think because I've gone down that journey, when I coach my clients, there's this level of empathy that I just, I really know where they've been. I've really, I've like been all the sizes. I've been in every phase and considering so many different parts of that journey from bullying to disordered eating to, um, you know, being published in magazines, it really gives, gives me a very vast array to kind of be there for my clients now. But I, I think understanding is only part of the journey, being able to live it and, you know, correct and continue as you keep learning is so, so important. That's such an important point. So thank you, because I think a lot of people these days are still looking for quick fix. A lot of that usually leads to diet. So what are your opinion? Because it sounds like you're more teaching a way of eating that's sustainable, and it's more of a life change. To me, it sounds like it's a complete divergence from this idea, which I feel like when we were growing up, and and still it's, I'm sure, prevalent, um, I think I'm just a little bit sheltered, (laughs) because I just don't want to like hear it because I just think it's so toxic um you know like diet culture and what that means for like I can't even imagine what it's like to grow up as a young person these days I think it's really hard to grow up as as a young person I know girls um in my daughter's class who are starting to diet and they're seven eight years old and the amount of pressure to already feel like you're not enough just as you are is in my opinion setting a child up for really deep wounds when they grow older because they'll always feel some sort of shame and not enoughness about themselves. When it comes to diet culture, I think it is a hundreds of billions of dollars worth of a size of industry. I think it was like $900 billion, something like crazy like that. And if you think about it, I I looked at actually the top 500 companies in, in the States and the Diet culture industry is actually bigger than any company past the top eight. So the diet culture industry is almost as big as like all of Walmart and bigger than Costco. Like it is crazy the amount of 
revenue that they're pulling in as an industry. And if you look at what that means, it means that they're creating products that don't succeed. If 98% of people who attempt to lose weight, get strong, um, shift in their life and think that they're doing something that's going to benefit them are actually failing, that's a 2% success rate. That means that they're designing the product to fail. And that's like almost worse than buying a, you know, a, a, a get rich quick scheme. Like at least with a get rich quick scheme, you're only out maybe a few hundred dollars or something like that. This is your life. This is your metabolism. This is your joy. This is potentially your long-term health, depending on how long you do this diet. And for me and what I work towards is, is real true lifestyle and sustainability in terms of teaching my clients how to actually eat more, learn how to resistance train, step into the figure that they would like in a realistic perspective. We all have our own version of our best body. And I really like to look at it from that perspective. My body is never going to be someone else's. I'm never going to be taller. I'm never going to be, you know, certain out things. And I need to be able to, one, accept the joy of living in this body. And two, treat it with respect and nourish it in ways that make it feel whole and wonderful and happy. And sometimes that's a chocolate bar and sometimes that's a salad and both of them are good and okay. And there's no moral value around it. Being able to make that shift and helping other women do the same is, is like one of the most fulfilling things I've transitioned into doing. It's really beautiful, beautiful process. I think it's such a powerful statement because it is, it's really hard work. You know, every day is different and I'm sure some days, do you feel like that still? Or do you have days where you, (laughs) so it's a process, right? It's a process forever. You could, you know, even I, I say this all the time, even the cover model on the cover of a magazine doesn't always look like she looks on the magazine and the person, the body that you wish they, that you could have they might be really unhappy inside of themselves. And even when you're on the path towards living in your best body, and I'll use myself as an example here, there are days that I still feel really down or I see something that isn't really there in the mirror or I I feel bloated or, you know, whatever it is. And that's when I actually step back and remind myself of the work. And allow myself that moment. And this is what I encourage all my clients and anybody that, you know, I interact with, allow yourself that moment. Our feelings come and go. They're so temporary. That negative emotion is temporary. And if you sit with it just a little bit and not be so reactive with it, it gives us an opportunity to really just observe and try to understand a little bit better. And perhaps there's a lesson in that negative feeling. And then we can let it go it'll go away, it'll evaporate. And then we will move on to a more neutral place, a neutral positive place, which allows us to not even maybe think about our body in that moment and just keep on living. We do only get one body in this life. So um, keeping keeping on living it, uh, I think is really what we should all strive for. And um, a few years ago, I really 
discovered the process of being thankful for my body because it does, if we think about it, what our body does throughout the day, you know, it, it is so amazing what it allows us to do and all the experiences it allows us to have. So having a hatred for the body that you're in is just, it makes me so sad. It does. Like we, we really, you're right. We have this one body and it's incredible. Like the systems that are at play that we have this zero awareness that happen, (laughs) our ability to breathe while we're and stay sitting up and digest our food and, you know, move and talk and think it's so powerful what we can create because we have the gift of being inside this body and um, creating more neutrality around our thoughts that are around our body will free up space for us to do a lot of other things. Bring up your daughter and and how this all started was to really help her have a different experience. And I think that's so such a strong thing to do as a mom. And I think it's such a meaningful thing to do. And I really love that you're inspiring other mothers to do the same because it it really needs to be a movement, you know, and I really hope girls that are growing up these days don't, or I guess less of them, because I'm not going to be naive here and thinking all of them are living magical lives where they're not influenced by, you know, all the negative things. Uh, Now that your daughter's a bit older, how do you work with her and show her that her body is beautiful and it is fucking magical? Yeah, it is magical. We started with affirmations and I started I I love affirmations. I write them on a glass board. I write them on the mirror. I have post-it notes. And when she was an infant, I started whispering them to her when I was up for changing her diaper or we were cuddling before sleep. And it's something that she started repeating in the mirror to herself. And she still does it. She still says, you know, I'm strong. I can do this. And giving herself like that moment of self-assurance and so often, parents, we want to jump in and fix for our kids. We want to take over and be like, you're going to be okay. I'm going to, I'm going to save you. We can't do that. What we really need to focus on is actually making our children strong and confident. And if they're strong and confident, they'll know that they're able and capable of even the hardest of things, even if they're scared, even if they don't know how. And setting them up for that is this transferable skill that lets her be um, able to face almost any challenge, including how she feels about her body. And it's interesting because we, we try not to talk about how the body looks at home. We give compliments around strength. We give compliments around being able to do something or make the attempt towards something or being great or being happy. Not so much about being beautiful or pretty or you know, how that dress fits or whatever they're wearing. Because I think really focusing on the ability rather than the look of something is also reinforcing a positive place. And then the last thing that we focused on quite a bit is around beliefs around food and rewriting. As as I went through my own journey, we just started changing the language at home. So we don't call foods good or bad. We call them sometimes foods and always foods. So always foods are all the whole foods, all the things that grow from the ground or uh, from an animal. And then sometimes foods are, are processed foods. And they are exactly that, things we enjoy sometimes. And there's no real rules around what you have to have or can't have. 
And it's all about listening to your body and really being able to understand your hunger and fullness cues. And that's something that we're actually really working on now um, so that my daughter understands what it feels like to be satiated versus really full. And that's something I never really learned as a kid. I don't think anyone really learns it unless someone who knows how to do it is ready to teach you. And so to me, that's probably one of the biggest things that I want to leave her with because it allows her to just navigate the world around food so intuitively, something I didn't have. I love that thought process of eating intuitively. It's something I stumbled across, you know, many times before, but I think it's something that so many of us unfortunately didn't learn while we were growing up because I don't think that crossed our parents' minds, you know, it was like, here's food. (laughs) How we teach it for a child is going to be very different than how I approach it, say, with my clients, because as an adult, we have all of that emotional reasoning, right? They don't. For us, and what I do with my my clients is, first, I, I want to show them, I, they need that understanding around how big is a four ounce chicken breast? How much is two cups of vegetables? What is a serving of fruit? What does that even mean for my body? How much is 30 30 grams of protein in shrimp versus, you know, protein powder versus, uh, I don't know, steak? And helping them understand portions and macronutrient breakdowns and the real education around nutrition really is so empowering. And once you've practiced that so many times and you know your personal intake, then you move away from, you know, the knowledge and the numbers and the measuring to real intuitive eating where you know how to make a plate for yourself and you really can tap into that body wisdom. But when we jump straight into body wisdom, we're confused by the messages. We don't know what they mean yet. And being able to slow down, back up, get that education really gives a solid foundation to interpret what our body is asking from us at every meal. Well, thank you. I think that's such a good point because, um, Intuitive eating has this idea has been, I feel like thrown around and just like thrown there at people like eat intuitively, but I always, um, never really understood what that meant. And it always seemed to me like there was a step missing and it sounds like there is. (laughs) In my opinion, yes. Uh, there would be many, many out there that would disagree with me. Yeah. Um, and that, that is also the beauty of the industry is that there are so many different people, we uh, experts um, who have their own perspective. And as individuals, we're also ever changing in terms of what our dietary needs are. When we were babies, we couldn't chew food. That's why we had liquid diets. Then we grew into, you know, mushy foods, then we had all kinds of foods that we can tap into. Depending on our goals and our lifestyles, we are going to thrive off of different types of food intakes. And so all of these different parts of the industry have a role. It's more so when we go to the extremes, and I guess that's true with anything in life. When the ex- we go to the extremes, that's when I think we find the quick fixes and the the more harmful approaches that are really uh, taken out of context and then applied to someone's life. And and that's when we really do harm to the body and the mind and the soul. 
No, I think that's great. Thank you. We're going to pivot a little bit because you also do fitness coaching. And I think it's so important to, you know, mention the fact that you do both and eating is such an, as we discussed, is such an important part of our life. And as you're exercising, it goes hand in hand. It's like a little dance. The food gives you fuel. So how do you go about fitness training people in this pandemic world? Well, I'm so lucky to have a business that's set up online. We have an app that is you know, completely customized to each one of my clients. So they have their program set up for them, delivered through the app. And as they go through their programming, there's all their sets, their reps, their plan there. It tells them how long to rest for in between their sets. There's videos demoing everything. And then I like to also videos with my clients. So they'll send me a, a recording of a particular movement and I will give them forum feedback, recorded voiceover, recorded into their uh, video. And so I give them form cues along the way. And it's been, it's really been wonderful. I have loved it. Um, I think movement and fitness is for everyone at every stage, at every age, at every shape. And it's really something to tap into your own movement and what you love to do. And I love to strength train and I love to work with my clients who also love to strength train. And that's really a niche that I've tapped into. But I've also loved, you know, my husband and I started dancing during the pandemic and we're, we're terrible and awesome all rolled into one. And I love walking and riding a bike and just being active and feeling that movement, is, especially on a hard day. It's one of the best things that helped me manage stress, um, especially during the pandemic. Shout out to technology because... Yeah. <laughs> Not only has it saved, I think, a lot of us during this like year and a half, but it has allowed people like you to have a thriving business, even when you think personal training needs to be in person. And I love that you do form check-ins with your clients. We all need assistance. Sometimes, you know, even the best of us, um, I send my form feedback to another coach and get feedback even on my own. We were just talking about that before. We're forever learning, right? Before we start recording. And that is something that's so beautiful about a movement journey. There's always something to learn, improve on. Um, you know, maybe it's range of motion. Maybe it's breathing. Maybe it's a new way of holding your weight. Uh, maybe it's a a new personal best. Maybe it's posture related and alignment. There's so many different things that there's always an opportunity to grow. Yeah. And I think also um, a lot of us, if when we exercise at home, we probably don't do it in front of a mirror. It's true. It's true. That is an excellent point. Being able to see yourself when you're training, even if you, you know, grab one of those $20 cheapy mirrors and just put it wherever you're going to move your body. It gives you an opportunity to see your form and make maybe some of those small corrections that you're, uh, aware of. And then if you need more support, then that's a great opportunity to tap into a professional to support you. There's so many different tools now to do that. I love where fitness is going during this time. I just think it's such a beautiful way for people to connect with their own bodies and yeah. really learn to um, appreciate all those movements that our body does 
But it's funny that you, you mentioned breathing earlier, like our body just does it. It's amazing to me that sometimes when you're exercising, you forget to breathe. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And actually, it's, it's, a, it's an, a, I don't want to say it's an art, but it's definitely a skill knowing when to breathe in different parts of the movement to actually allow you to either push more load or get through your rep or feel that real strength and even to brace your core to create that activation through your muscles. Our breath really helps us do that. So it's, uh, that, that was pretty cool when I learned that, that, that power of our breath, like we're really incredible creatures. We really are. Humans are interesting and enigmas all at the same time. <laughs> so one thing that I wanted to ask you about is this idea of, you know, you're talking about intuitive eating and, and like, you know, just moving your body just to feel that movement. And so I feel like there's a lot of like a mind body connection going on here. So I love that you're shaking your head. Can you talk a little bit more about why that's so important? Well, like we've been talking about that mind body connection is really the inside of us connecting with the outside of us. And when we are in, this is my personal belief, when we are really in unity with one another inside, that's like when we shine brightest, we have the best ideas, we are most creative, we express ourselves in ways that are just absolutely amazing. We're our strongest self, we can stand up for ourselves better. There's just so many elements to creating that connection, whether it's through movement and you're creating that mind muscle connection and really tapping in and visualizing like that bicep muscle curling when you're, you know, you can see the, the, the tissues just like contracting and expanding or whether it's eating a meal and really like thanking your body and thanking yourself for making it or eating it or taking the time to sit down and chew slowly, like whatever that is. And then from, you know, living life perspective, really, you know, living through gratitude. For me, that's where the mind and the body connect most and creating that awareness and thanks for what's around me and what's inside of me. Just a beautiful, all-encompassing way of looking at taking care of your body and your mind because they're connected. Uh, They do say your brain and your gut are very connected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, that's, oh, we could talk about that for hours, I'm sure. Um, Cause I find that stuff so fascinating. <laughs> um, so this is one question that I'm asking all of my guests and my therapist asked me it probably a year and a half ago, deep into the, the first lockdown. And it kind of just like busted me wide open and it really helped me see what we're experiencing right now in a new light. So has COVID brought you anything totally unexpected? Yes, it brought me. So first of all, before I answer the question, I love therapy. I think it's incredible. I wish it was far more accessible for, I think everyone should have a therapist. I say that to everyone. I'm like, I think everyone should go to a therapist, not maybe all the time, but when they need it. When they need it, it's um, just that clarity and objectivity around perspective is such a blessing. And and to answer your question, yes, it did. So I actually quit my job, my corporate job, after 15 years, five days before the lockdown. 
I didn't know the lockdown was coming, but it came and I, I really had to step into fear. Um, we made a lot of changes during, during COVID, during the last year and a half, and most of them were unexpected, but somewhat in the past. Um, so leaving my corporate job, really dedicating my full-time purpose to coaching. And then um, we, we were moving out of the city, which is really exciting. Uh, that was completely unexpected. We're really stepping into, you know, a slowdown. Uh, that is our goal. We've hustled our way through the last couple of years and we're now finally in a place and COVID actually gave us that perspective is to slow down and actually enjoy life. We're young now. We want to enjoy our lives. We want to be together. And some days I, I hope schools open and people can go back into the workplace so I can have a little alone time. I'm also relishing that, that togetherness because it doesn't last forever. And we are all getting older faster than I think we want. It's nice to be able to slow down. Well, thank you for sharing you know, your gratitude and that answer. We've come full circle, which is something that I love. Um, I'm also a big lover of gratitude. I actually write what I'm grateful for every day. Uh, I think it's such a beautiful like way to shift your way of thinking. If people want to get in touch with you, train with you, get to know you and your beautiful ways of teaching how to eat in a way that really makes us strong, how would they do that? You can find me easiest in two places. So the first one's on Instagram at Jordana Nativ, uh, or coachjordana.ca is my website. I love it. Well, this was a fantastic conversation. And I just want to thank you so much for taking this time to talk about gratitude and food and fitness and um, really just how to be a strong woman, but also a strong mom. Oh, thanks, MJ. It was so nice to be here today. And it was beautiful to catch up with an elementary school friend after so, so many years. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Humans Are Us. Don't miss an episode by subscribing to wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to rate and review. Loved this episode? Please share it with a loved one and help grow the Humans Are Us community. Connect with me on Instagram at humansareus or visit the website humansareus.com.